0: Well, you look at many of the stories that Disney has presented and cultivated over the years, and a lot of them have occult themes to them. Films like Alice in Wonderland or Cinderella. And and you go to movies today like Brave and Frozen and Maleficent. They're all dealing with this occultic undertone, this magic. Battle between dark and light. But what he has done is... Masterfully blended that border separating good and evil and and the lines are now blurred as to well, it m- might not be that evil.
1: Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, A Great Deception in the Force, with Matt from the Great Deception Podcast. All right, well, thanks to you, everybody, for joining. If you're watching live on Rockfin, or if you're listening to the podcast or YouTube video after the fact, thank you so much for, for tuning in. I know there's a zillion podcasts out there, and I'm just glad that that you you spent a few minutes here with, with us, you know, shooting the breeze about, about Star Wars, conspiracies, and all kinds of other events. Um, so, um, my name is Conspiracy Kyle, and... This is Conspiracy in the Force, and today I have a very special guest with me, um, Matt from the Great Deception podcast. Matt, how are you doing this evening? Good, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, so I've talked to you a few times before, you know, through some other other friends of ours out in this podcast industry, you know, the Legit Back guys, Ryan from the Dangerous World podcast. Um, I've, I've heard a lot, of, a lot of great stuff about you. We got to do a few little um, videos back and forth earlier, and, and you just started your own podcast. so tell everybody a little bit about your new show that you just started
0: yeah i'm i'm two episodes in so far and it, it's a grind you know doing the solo thing i give you a lot of credit man and uh, and it's guys like you that that inspired me to do it you know watching you guys do it on a on a weekly basis sometimes bi-weekly, you know it, it's it's nice to be able to get my voice out there especially nowadays cuz you know in my first episode i said you know, I've never felt so disconnected from so many people, but at the same time, stronger in my own skin, you know, and, and, and that's what this does for us, you know, people like you and, and all the other great podcasters out there, you know, giving a voice to us
1: because we definitely don't have it in the mainstream. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's funny what you mentioned about, you know, the disconnect. It's, you know, I feel the disconnect amongst people that I interact with personally on a day-to-day basis But like, I feel a strong connection with people like you and um, other people that do podcasts and put great content out there on your Twitter, Instagram, and it's kind of a, it's almost like a reverse thing, right? Like you would, you would expect that to be flipped, but I think because of what's happened over the past 18 months, um, I think one of the unintended consequences in a good way is that people like us got to connect in, in ways that we never would have before, you know, geographically across the country, even across the world, we've been able to reach out to people that, um are like-minded and are, are questioning you know what the hell is going on and because you know I, I don't and, and maybe you can speak to it as well you know people I know in my own personal day-to-day life aren't really too worried about what's going on like they it's just it's just a normal day another another year for them like they don't really think anything is too out of whack like what what, what do you think about about that from people you interact with on a daily basis Oh, there's a whole lot of goldfish out there.
0: You know, they're just in their little bowl swimming around and only seeing what's directly in front of them, oblivious to what's going on. You know, a lot of the people, you know, we were talking briefly before we we started about our our jobs and, you know, my job, everybody that I work with is, is jabbed and uh, you know, and, and they just go along with it and, you know, they buy into the mainstream narrative and, You know, and that's like you said, it's great because I've met so many great people in in the podcasting community that I've become really close with. And, you know, I talk to them more than
1: my quote unquote real life friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely I definitely agree with that. And and it's things that if you bring it up, some of the topics and things like especially what we're going to talk about today with, you know, Disney and some of the dark darkness within there, some of those things when you and you mentioned in your in your episode about this, that you bring this kind of stuff up to a normal person that's not really awake to this. And you kind of get that, that fluoride stare, you kind of just get the, you know, what, what are you, what are you talking about? It's just, it's just Disney. And that's kind of the, the frustrating piece is that you can't even, you can't even start to have that conversation because there's already like a language barrier. Oh, it's, it's so true. And it's
0: funny. You mentioned that because uh, I started digging into Disney uh, probably about a little over a year ago um, just off a couple memes I saw, you know, on Twitter back in the day. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this can't be real. And then I started digging into it and I started showing it at the time I was married and I showed it to my wife and she gave me that stare and needless to say, it's my ex now. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think that might've had something to do with it because there was just that divide there because I, I wanted to know the real story, not what was fed to us and not what was sugarcoated to us. Because, you know, one of the things as we go into this, and, and especially with Disney, is who's their target audience? It's children. And, and once I started seeing the stuff that was in there, and I knew some of it, you know, from growing up, it was, you know, new, everybody knew about it. But then you dig deeper into it and you start seeing and it's like, oh, this is not right. And, 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 you know, if I just sit on this and don't say anything I'm not doing justice to it, but at the same time, I'm not running around with a flag waving it, saying, "Hey, Disney's evil! Disney's evil!" Because, you know, most people just blow you off as crazy. And I've had people, you know, that are in my family that have said that, you know, "Ah, you you just lost it now. This is this is crossed the line." I'm like, "No, look, here's the documents. Do you want me to show you? I mean, I've spent hours and hours researching this, and it's not like I wanted to come to this conclusion." You know, I didn't want to believe that something that we grew up on and looked up to was totally inverted as to what it was presented to, you know, it's this dichotomy. And that's, that's not just with Disney. It's with uh, almost everything across the board. It's been, it's been inverted or perverted in a way that the original intention, yeah, it's great. But when you dig into it and you look at the programming
1: and some of this subliminal stuff, it's like, uh, it just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, once you once you kind of have your mind, I don't even like to say, you know, conspiracy mind, but like when you have a mind open to what's really going on, you know, it's like you're wearing those glasses from the They Live movie. You see everything completely different and you can't even help it either. That, that's one of the things, it's almost like a um, line from one of the Spider-Man movies. It's like, you know, being a, a superhero, it's like a blessing and a curse. The good thing is, you know, all this stuff now, but the curse is that you can't turn it off. You know, you can't just sit there and watch watch these movies anymore without thinking. Um, and and sometimes maybe what we're we're thinking is is incorrect, but I think more times than not, we are really diving into what's really really happening behind the scenes. But you 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 can't turn your mind off to some of the subliminal stuff happening in 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 the Disney movies, and you know, obviously even in the Star Wars movies, and in, in all this stuff. And you know, especially when you go back and rewatch this stuff, even after you haven't seen it for for several years and are now kind of more awake to this, you're like, holy, holy crap. It was all, it's all right there in front of you. If you can only, you know, if you're looking in the right place. Oh, without a doubt.
0: And, and, you know, it's tough, especially, you know, watching this stuff with, with my son at times, it's like, uh, do I say anything? Do I not, you know, when do I bite my tongue? When, when is, so, you know, you just let it go. But at the same time, now you start seeing it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And and that's the thing that I've noticed it's, and what you notice is it's everywhere. It's, it's in movies, it's in TV, it's in music, it's in advertisements, it's in, you know, everything, every avenue of life. Now they have got their claws in it and, and, and perverted it in some way or another, even right. sports. I mean, it's even gotten to sports now that, and that was, that was my escape back in the day. You know, I was a big sports fan and now. I basically just watch college football on Saturdays just because that's my only way to shut this off for a few hours during the week.
1: Right. But yeah, like you said, like they, now they've even tried with, especially the NFL, all the social justice kind of stuff. And it's like, come on, just, just give us a little break here. But oh, between um, them and the NBA, I don't know who's worse. Yeah. It, it. they go back and they go back and forth, I'm sure they're sharing the same, the same notes on what they, what they need to push on that, on that given day. So so, yeah, so let's get into this a little bit. So your, your, your most recent episode that came out called uh, The Dark Side of Disney, where you dove into a lot of different um, things about Walt Disney itself and then, and then the movies and symbolism and stuff. Let's, let's start kind of right at the beginning about um, kind of give everybody a background, a little bit about Walt Disney himself, because I think to understand the company and the movies and everything to come, I think you have to understand a little bit more about about the man himself. Yeah. And, and, and Walt Disney,
0: it's interesting. And one of the things I, I didn't know that I learned in this and and you start seeing everything's kind of connected, right? There's really no coincidences when it comes to this stuff, especially when you get as big as Disney, you know, to get to that status, that, that Amazon, that Microsoft status, you have to play ball. So, you know, when I started this I started because I started hearing things about Walt Disney himself. And I'm like, can that, that be true? Like Walt Disney worked with a Nazi, like, no, come on, that's ridiculous. So, so I started digging into it and, and, you know, Disney was born in the early 1900s uh, in the Midwest and, and ironic, interestingly, his father actually was a, a carpenter at the Chicago world's fair of 1893, which is a whole nother rabbit hole in itself. But to see that and then learn that Disney then um, himself worked on the New York World's Fair in 1964, presenting It's a Small World, which we can get into that. That's a whole another thing. But you start seeing these connections. But Disney, he was a very patriotic guy originally. Um, in high, right out of high school, he tried to get into the army, but he was too young. So they, they pushed him away. So what did he do? He forged his papers so he could join the Red Cross. And, and go over and serve. And he did. And then, you know, the war ended, he came back, and he, he wanted to draw. He, he wanted to be an illustrator. And uh, so he bounced around, he started a company with this guy, uh, UBI Works, and that went bankrupt. So he started another one, which turned out to be the Walt Disney Company with his brother, Roy. And, you know, it's one of those where I wonder because right around the time that he started that company with Roy, he got involved with the Demolay, who, if if people aren't aware of who they are, they're like the JV Freemasons. It's the Freemasons for, uh, I, I believe it's up to twenty year olds. You know, like sixteen to twenty year olds, eighteen. You know that that ballpark, and and they're named after Jacques Millet, who was the Grand Master of the Knights Templar. So you start seeing these secret society connections. And at first I was like, ah, there's, there's not much to it. Then you start digging into it and you start seeing things in Disney's path where he created what's called club 33, which is a, you know, elite club for, you know, rich, wealthy people to get together.
1: And, and it has all these Masonic undertones to it. You know, yeah, and that's what and that's what's interesting when you when you talk about that in the episode. You know, a little background about like me and my family. Like my family loves Disney. Like they've gone to Disney like you know every year for for twenty years. And I kind of got over it after a while. But um, I had never heard of this Club Thirty Three before, which obviously means we weren't we weren't on that on that level. But um, <laughs> that's really really interesting. And you and you said something about um, you know yeah. So so talk a little bit more about that, like kind of what that entails and like the way I know you mentioned about the waiting time to even get into this. It's crazy.
0: Oh yeah. It's a very select club, right? There's only about 500 members and there's there originally there was one of them. And now there's seven of them. There's, there's four in Orlando, there's one in Disneyland. um, And then there's one in Tokyo and I can't remember the other one, but it's in Asia also, but what they are, it's, it's an exclusive club. There's a up to 15 year waiting list. Last time I saw to get into it, guess how much it costs? Oh, I'm sure the th- number 33 is involved. Isn't it? $33,000 is about the, you know, and that was one of the articles that I read. It was $33,000 to get in. And then it's like an, an additional 10 K a year, 10 to 15,000 a year to be a member. And basically all you get is the prestige of being in the club. You know, you get all at you get, access to the club every day of the year there's no blackout dates for you you know you get some vip treatment things like that but other than that it's just like a social status thing but then you start going into the club and you look and it's got black and white checkerboard floor which is a sign of the masons it's got the blue and gold all over the place you know the number 33 it's located on 33 royal street which is, you know, on the 33rd parallel. So you start getting and it and it just that's where I started saying, Wow, this is this is a little bit more than what I thought it was. And so when you start getting into that, though, you're not just in the secret society, right? There's always some role you have to play in it too. So as you as you get into it, that's where I started t- making the connections that, well, if he's a Mason, so to speak, or, or, you know, relatively tied to Masons or secret societies, there's gotta be someone who has their hands in them, you know, holding on playing puppet master. Well, it, and then I started digging into, well, how did he get Disney world and, and, and in Orlando? And then you realize that that was directly through ties with C, with the CIA. And you start saying, oh man, here we go. And you start seeing the pattern, right? Okay, secret society, CIA, and then you're, okay, now he's basically controlled. And, and like I said earlier, you don't get this big to that status without them being able to have their peace or their control of it. And I think what was traded was he was going to be the, their propaganda or you know programming wing for children and younger audiences and, 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 you know, Disney had kind of a checkered past as is, you know, he, he, he's a dichotomy. He was presented as this crispy, clean, holier than thou, you know, Walt Disney, you know, everybody thinks of Disney uncle Walt, right. He's, he's everybody's role model, father figure, someone you want around your child. And at the same time, I'm like, nah, you know, he was a, he was a heavy smoker, heavy drinker, Um, You know, he hung out with Nazis. He was somewhat of a mass uh, uh, misogynist, um, in the sense that he wouldn't let women be animators uh, back in the day, uh, and he was very strong on that point. And so you start looking into it and you're like, man, this guy's complicated. And, you know, there were even some saying he was a Nazi, they were saying he was racist. And, And if you look at, you know, they came out with Song of the South uh which you can't find anymore which is a very racist movie um you know very racist at the time it wasn't seen as such because you're talking about you know 1940s but now you you know i've seen clips of it and it's like whoa i can't believe he just did that you know this is walt disney
1: (laughs) and it's kind of funny you know if you look on like you know disney plus um if you look at the description of a lot of those old movies on there a lot of them now they add this disclaimer saying that, listen, this is, this was culturally relevant at the time, but now it's not so. And I think, yeah, like that one, I think Peter Pan, a few other ones, you know, with, with blatant, blatant racism that I think they've removed from there, but, 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 but still, you know, at, at the time, apparently they thought they thought it was okay, you know, which is a, which is the crazy goes to that whole, whole dichotomy, which, you know, nowadays they are, um, you know, pro pro everything, anti-racist, all this stuff, but like most of the people that say that have those racist undertones to them. Oh, you know? those who scream the loudest, right? You know, that's how it
0: is. It's like these people that are, you know, that are out there, a lot of them that that push Black Lives Matter, they don't even have a black friend. You know, it's like they right. don't know anyone black, but that's the that's I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on this pedestal and I'm gonna preach. And it's like, guys. You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're supporting. And, and, and it's funny because that's, it's just, it's crazy, you know, but you're right with the Disney and, and, and they have changed their tone and put
1: those little disclaimers on there now, which I find hilarious. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other interesting thing too, another, another change that they've definitely made and, you know, something you had brought up in your, in your episode was, Back in the day, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, a lot of those animated movies had that kind of, um, you know, princess, princess trapped in a castle kind of syndrome, right, where, where the, the only purpose of the, of the princess was to meet a prince, somebody rich and famous and all this stuff. And that was kind of, you know, like, like you would mentioned, you know, the programming for the kids at the time, so I want to talk a little bit about the programming, but the, um, the differential between that and what you're seeing nowadays is almost no um, romance at all in any of the movies. At, at least no, you know, heterosexual relationship. You know, I, I don't know when this trend started, but it's been at least fifteen years, I would think, because um, you know, with with Frozen and with everything that's come out since then, it's never been like about. There's never been a storyline about a, a you know love between a man and a woman traditionally you know, it's, it's, it's about, it's about other things that are important. I would say, you know, love of, uh, you know, a a sister and a sister, you know, uh, a daughter and a mother, uh, this and that, but, but they've definitely taken away that element of love between, between a man and a woman, which is kind of truly cornerstone to our society. You know, you can, people can say whatever they want about that, but you know, that's, that's the cornerstone of our society and procreation and all this stuff. And they've definitely taken this from the extreme, right? So at the at the at the beginning it was you know the princess seeking out the prince now it's just the princess doesn't need a man it doesn't need anybody and 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 maybe that's okay in certain situations but it's a trend in pretty much every single movie for at least the last 20 years i would say yeah i i agree and 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 you're actually seeing the opposite
0: right where they promote the homosexual relationships or the LGBTQ more so than they would even consider a heterosexual relationship, which again, I have no problem with it, but there has to be a balance, right? If you look at the percentage of homosexuals to heterosexuals to LGBTQ in the, in the community, in the world, it's so out of balance in, in the proportion that they present it. So that rubs me the wrong way. Listen, I have no problem if you want to, you want to have gay cartoon characters, that's fine. But why are we pushing it on kids, right? Why does sexuality have to, you know, why, why in kids programming, do we have to show the two mommies and two daddies right away, you know, and really not just show it, but push it. And that's where I had the problem, you know, and even with the movie Onward, where they had their first LGBT Q character main character it was you know it just seems so forced and so not honest and straightforward that that's where it goes you know and and they they've they're they're doing it for a reason right it's not it's not by accident it's part of a programming and that's what you know all of this it gets back to what what disney is it's a propaganda wing of the cia to pro program kids to whatever the message is at the time. And, you know, as much as people want to defend it and, and, you know, ignore it, just turn a blind eye to it. It's there. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to see it really. Right. I mean, that's the other side of it. People just put blinders on. Oh, it's a cartoon. Yeah. But the cartoon is, is getting into your child's brain. They're thinking about it. They're rationalizing it. They're asking questions about it. So it's not just a simple cartoon to them, you know, and you think back to when you were a kid and I, I think back to when I'm a kid and some of the movies that still haunt me to this day, I'm like, why did my parents let me watch that at, you know, six or seven years old at, at 42 years old? I'm still I won't turn that movie back on anymore because I'll have flashbacks, you know? Right, right. And, and and that's where it goes. And that's why, you know, when I started digging into this, I started really monitoring closely what my son watched when I was with him you know because I realized the power of the programming that it has whether it's outward or subliminal and that's the other thing there is a massive amount of subliminal programming in Disney productions that just go over your head but it goes in your head and that's where
1: where they're working their magic so to speak Right. And um, somebody in, in Rico in the chat brings up uh, something I want you to touch on, which is a huge theme that you see in a lot of Disney movies and even Star Wars is is that concept of the destruction of the nuclear family, whether it's a mother dying, a father dying, you know, living with an aunt and uncle or a grandma or this and that, which on its own isn't a bad thing. But um, speak on this a little. bit. I mean, you see this happen in, in pretty much every movie right? Oh, without
0: a doubt. I mean, I, I, I have here, I just pulled out uh, in, when was this? This was back in 2006. So from 1937 to 2006, which is, you know, about 70 year period, the Social Science Journal said there were 561 incidences of child abuse and mistreatment in Disney movies released during that time, 62% of the main characters were subjected to abuse one or more occasions. Okay. And then on top of that, you start getting into where the parents are deceased or missing. Okay. And I, I, you know, if you go into my show, I read off the list, but you know, I I have a, a sheet right here that has, you know, these are all the movies where there's dead or missing parents so we have you know uh pinocchio peter pan sword in the stone the rescuers little mermaid beauty and the beast aladdin pocahontas emperor's new groove uh finding nemo lilo and stitch you know you keep going over and over and over and and exactly that's what it is it's that broken family now you wonder why and a lot of the times it's the mother Right. They, they have, they, and I mean, look at Bambi, right. They kill the mother right there or the lion King where you, uh, Scar kills, uh, Simba's father. And it's like, why, why such traumatic and and why the, the dissolution of the nuclear family, like you were saying. And I, you know, one of the guys I was reading, he said, well, it's just a cartoon. and, and, And that makes them have to go on their hero's journey. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I guess I could see that, but I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, trying to get it in the kids' head that listen, you don't need mom and dad. You can do this on your own. You don't need to listen to your parents. You know, they they really don't don't know what they're doing anyway. If you watch our, our movies, you're gonna make it on your own. You just have to find someone and they'll they'll guide you,
1: someone else. Right. right. You just and- have to listen to us, you know, like the the vibe that I've gotten is, you know, you don't need your family, but but trust the government, right? Or mm. trust the media. Like we can we can supplement your parents. And like if you think about like like the Lion King in, in particular, he loses his dad, he goes off into the jungle, and he meets two random animals, right? And they and they guide him on this journey, and and it's like a fun little journey, right? They have a fun good good, good loving time, whatever. But you can you can you can put that. Um, into the proxy of, of that's what the, the Disney Corporation wants you to think that that is is going to be like, right? So so to, to trust us, trust the government. We we know it's best for you. Um, and that's honestly why you know look look back to like the Hitler Youth, right? That was the whole point of that. It was like a Boy Scout troop, but it was to take the kids away from their parents and to indoctrinate them into this new state. Um, pr- communist program, you know, program, that's, that's the big thing, program, programming, it's very intentional, that that word, and the point was to take them away from their, their, their family and indoctrinate them. Honestly, think about even in, even in Star Wars, you know, um, Anakin Skywalker was taken away from his mom at a very young age, you know, and he was indoctrinated by a religious sect, you know, you can argue whether or not that was the good side of the bad side, whatever, but I, th- I think that's still important, and that informed his life choices because he was taken away from that situation, and obviously it ended up very badly um, in that situation. But I think in Disney they always present it as you'll be fine. Yep. Well, even Luke Skywalker, right? I mean, they start off A New Hope,
0: which you know, at the, uh, when we were growing up, was the first Star Wars, and and you know he's living with his aunt and uncle, and then and then what happens to them? They're killed, right? And it's again trauma, trauma, trauma. And and that was one of the things that stuck with me. And, and you know, I kind of wanted to get your, your take on it there. And you just gave it with the Anakin part because I saw that a similar theme in Star Wars was the lack of parents, you know, just kind of freewheeling, you know, and 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 tr- trauma, obviously. You know, that was the other thing that I that I saw in, in the movies. Um and you got to wonder why, why, and, and what is the purpose? And and like you said, I think it's just trust us. You'll be fine. Just, just trust your authorities, trust the people that are
1: telling you the narrative and everything will be fine. Listen to us. Right. Right. And it's a very, they, they like, like we said, they present it as this, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. But in actuality, just like, just like anything with people that are aligned with, you know, the totalitarianism that's going on right now, it's presented as it's good for you. It's for your benefit, this and that. But, but in the end it never is. And, you know, you just end up being a, being a useful idiot, but um, let's get back. Let's talk about some of the, 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 mind control, the programming stuff, as far as the, the MK ultra stuff in Luke and Lucas uh, Disney, Disney and Lucas, it's kind of so intertwined. They kind of, I don't know. They're kind of a similar kind of, kind of person. I feel um, Disney's ties to, to the CIA and specifically some of that mind control stuff from, you know, like the forties, fifties and sixties.
0: Yeah. And you start looking into it and, and, and basically when, when this all started was right after world war II when, and during operation paperclip where uh, basically Alan Dulles and, and, you know, what eventually became the CIA brought over thousands of Nazi scientists, um, many of which were war criminals. And they, they hid that and brought it over. And why did they bring it over? Because they were the best of the best, right? They were the most efficient in science, medicine, uh, my, you know, social sciences. And, 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 my, and mind control was a big thing, right? With the Nazis, mind control and creating that super soldier. So uh, one of the big programs that started in, in America was MKUltra, which a lot of people are familiar with. But that branched off, right? They say that that went from the early 50s until 1973, the program supposedly went under and, and went classified and you'll find nothing on it since. But what it did is it just changed names. Uh, it, it went to Project Monarch, which is, uh, you know, what's Monarch? Monarch's a butterfly. Um, and what, is, what happens with, with the programming is it's that butterfly mentality where they split. Okay, the butterfly starts as one thing and then it becomes the butterfly, so you have those two personalities or those two beings, and you see that a lot in with the some of the Disney kids. Um, and uh, it's one of the themes and one of the ties, because if you look back Alan Dulles, you know, was key to a partial key to Disney success and and help them along the way uh, along with other cia members and like i said before you don't get anything for free from the government if they give you help they're going to want help back and i feel like this is the relationship that they developed was that and, and even fritz Springmeier, who some may say is a is a kook but he even went as far to say that the reason why the fbi and the cia had such a good relation with disney because that was their pipeline to the children so that they could perform these experiments these mk ultra and mind control experiments on these kids and basically what they were trying to do was to create a controllable soul right they wanted people that they could be able to manipulate to do whatever they wanted and and why do they do it guys it's for money in the end it's it's mo- it's always about money and control power and and that's what it boiled down to is you look at i mean it's more modern that the more modern characters, it's more blatant. If you look at like a Hannah Montana, I mean, that's a, a perfect example in herself because a she's two different people. She's Miley Cyrus. Then she's Hannah Montana, the rock star. And then you look at her name, Hannah, which is the same forward and backwards. So there's that, that split personality and one is controllable. And, one, and, and once they get it, though, there's no breaking out. And that's the thing that you start seeing. Now, the one thing that I am finding in my research, and it's funny you brought this up because my actually my next episode, that I think coming out next week, is going to be on this. It's it's kind of a brief history of mind control, but how it uh, relates to Disney and the entertainment industry. And, and you start seeing it in like Britney Spears, uh, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, all these Disney stars that were. Mouseketeers, right, in the Mickey Mouse right. Club. And, and and even look at Mickey Mouse Club, MMC are the initials, Monarch Mind Control, or you hmm. look at the Mouseketeers, MK, MK Ultra. You know, they could have chosen any name for those people. What's a Mouseketeer, you know? And think about it back, especially back in the 50s when the Mickey Mouse Club was huge. Every kid wanted to get those mouse ears. They wanted to be part of that club. And I feel like that's really where it started was with the Mickey Mouse Club. And they use that to start pushing their messages out and start the programming from there. And it's just grown, obviously, exponentially to today where, you know, you have people coming out saying that they were, uh, you know, sexually abused at Disney by Disney employees. Um, Some of the Disney films are used for mind control, you know, like Alice in Wonderland. Oh geez, I'm drawing a blank right now. Peter Pan is a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. You think, you know, you think about the boy. Uh, there's the princess programming that we we touched briefly on, where basically a girl doesn't have any value unless she has a man in her life. That's where all the power is. The man is going to support her, which isn't isn't true, obviously. But that's one of the programmings that they put out there. Um, oh, the other one was obviously Wizard of Oz. Yeah, uh, which isn't
1: which isn't Disney, but uh, another child's film. That's one of those scary ones, like you mentioned earlier about, you know, some of those that you see as a kid, like like I remember seeing like the witch, you know, as a kid, like hiding behind the couch because it's just it's it's absolutely terrifying. Right. And, and these things they, they present to kids with such traumatic and such, you know, horrifying things in them that as an adult, when you watch it, it's really not that big of a deal. But just think like like to a kid, like when you're watching them. When a kid watches a movie or TV show, they don't, they, they don't necessarily understand that it's not real, you know, because it seems like it's happening right in front of them. And that's why the Disney company and all these other organizations, I think they use that to their benefit to try to make them think that is the real, the real world, you know, and it, it's, kind of, it's kind of frightening for the things that they put in there. Well, it's funny you say that, that the kids can't seg- separate
0: it, right? But the adults can't either. Our brains cannot differentiate between what we're watching is real or fake. It still reacts the same way. I mean, why do people love horror movies? It's because you can get scared, but you're in the safety of your own home, right? So you still get that rush. You still get that endorphin rush, but you don't have to suffer the consequences. And, And that's what it is. That's what it boils down to is that you know, the programming is real and 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 the trauma is real, even though it's a cartoon, right? I mean, Bambi's mother getting shot, how many people were traumatically affected by that as children? And, and even as adults, it, it, it wears on you, you, you know,
1: your brain can only deal with so much of it before it starts to really impact you. Yeah. And, and, you know, so much, so much of the symbolism and stuff in the movies, and I want to get into kind of, you know, witchcraft elements and whatnot. But but um, something that somebody mentioned in the, in the chat earlier is um, the, the movie Monsters Inc. Oh. And if, in, in, obviously, I don't think any of us realized it at the time of, of kind of what they were trying to say, but for anybody that doesn't that doesn't know, you know, go go look at like the, the little golden books version of the, of the Monsters Inc. And it'll basically tell you right away it says, the, these monsters, they go, they live in this monster world and they go into little kids' rooms scare them and the energy they get from that scare they use to power their city i mean and just you, you can obviously make the obvious adrenochrome and all that all that kind of stuff but the concept of that on its own is is insane and the fact that we give that movie a, a free pass and i think just just the point of i mean i think you see this a lot in in, in movies over the past several years is is the fact that monsters aren't scary? Monsters are your friends, yeah. Right, like that whole movie. It, it's monsters, oh, they were scaring people, but guess what? They're, they're they're the good guys, right? And um, you're you're seeing a lot of this, you know, the the hero all this kind of stuff. But but just the point, I can't I can't think of a specific example right now. But I think you know what I'm talking about, where where monsters are are your friends. They're they're kind of funny. They're this or that. They look. Well, scary. How about this? Like, how about
0: the Sopranos? Yes. Right. Tony Soprano is the perfect example that I give for this because you watch it and you root for him, but he's an evil bastard. You know, he's killing people. He's having people killed. You know, he's, he's cheating on his wife. He's beating people up, but you love him. Yeah. And, and why? Because that's how they present it to you. And and yeah, you're exactly right with that. And, and, and it's scary because uh, I,
1: I don't know. It just, it really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, even, yeah, like, you know, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, you know, one of my favorite shows from a few years ago called The Americans about, you know, Russian, Russian, you know, sleeper cell agents living here and, you know, just living their own lives. And at the end, you're rooting for them versus the FBI, which is kind of kind of funny. But, you know, I think I think a lot of us probably do root against the FBI as it is. But the fact that you're kind of rooting for, you know, a foreign entity over them is kind of a such an inversion of that, and um, so one thing I want to talk about is is something you had mentioned in your show about you know people give Disney a free pass on a lot of this stuff, and you know I think back to like the mid to late '90s. You know, um, my family is very religious. You know, a, a Christian. We grew up going to church. All this stuff. You know, in the mid to late '90s, when the Harry Potter franchise really started, you know, heating up there was a huge push in the Christian community to, to ban these books, to boycott these books and movies because it was promoting witchcraft and all this satanic activity and, and all that stuff. And at the time, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it, but thinking about it now, all those same people who were against that were full-on Disney advocates. And Disney, obviously, in Disney pushed all that same kind of witchcraft and wizardry, I would I would say even more so, Well, I guess not more so because Harry Potter is all about that, but, but for, for a longer period of time than that franchise. So I thought that was just an interesting inversion that people gave Disney such a free pass just because Disney is so ingrained in our minds as, you know, part of America, you know, America, it's, it's Disney, it's Coca-Cola, it's McDonald's, you know, those things, all those, all those are, are great. But when you boil all those down, there's terrible elements in, in all of those. But I think when, that Harry Potter stuff came out. I think one thing was probably a a xenophobic type of thing, right? Like this is a, this is from another country. It's not as good as the thing we have. And we have such a connection to this thing that that's, that's the bad thing, not the thing that we, we know and love. So that's, that was always interesting to me. So um, I'm kind of curious about, about what, what more of you've researched about some of the specific witchcraft and, and wizardry kind of elements in, in Disney, even, you know, satanic elements as well. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mention that. Why
0: do, and why do you think they get a free pass? I believe it's because it's animated, right? The difference between Harry Potter and the Disney films is animation, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when you put it in cartoon form or animated form, people all of a sudden, it, it, it loses its veracity, right? So you look, at, you look at Disney though, it's full of witches and wizards. You go from Snow White to The Sword in the Stone, to, you know, uh, you had Cruella Deville and 101 Dalmatians, or uh, you know, like Maleficent recently, even the Little Mermaid, like the Little Mermaid, that's one of the creepiest things ever. She sold her soul to Ursula so that she could get married and 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 meet the prince. And and I, I you know, but even going back even further, Disney, you know, you think of Disney, I or at least I do back in the day, and I was thinking Fantasia. Right, Mickey in the wizard's outfit with the wizard hat on, and yeah. and even one of the characters in that was a wizard known as uh, Yesnit, which is just Disney backwards. You know, yeah. so yeah. you start you start looking at it, and and Disney has tons of of witchcraft, uh, magic with a K in it. You know, um, and and it's it's
1: nothing's ever said about it. And you know what's interesting that you had mentioned on your show that I didn't really put two and two together about the little mermaid specifically was that you know she sold she yeah she sold her her soul to Ursula so she could become a human and well I, she she has to give up something right that's the big thing about sacrifice you know, about illuminati sacrifice right you have to give up something and what she had to give up was her voice and i think that's so powerful because look at all the celebrities out there you know, I think to the average person, you look at all these celebrities like, oh, my gosh, they have everything. They have money, fame, men, women, w- cars, whatever they want is, is they have. But, you know, I caution all my friends and stuff when we talk about that, even my wife, like like no, no, they they really don't because they don't have free will. They really can. And like the big thing now is everybody's talking about, you know, Nicki Minaj and talking about the the vaccine. And, and I, I really don't know what to think about that because. We've all said, said how terrible of a person she was over the past several years for pushing all the agenda she's pushed. But at the, end of, at the end of the day, my thought is that these people really don't have a voice. Their mouthpiece is the people paying them. They tell them what to say. They tell them what to do. So they're really in a worse off position than us because we, we may not have the financial resources they do or the acclaim or, or all that stuff but we have free will and we can make our own, our own decisions. And the fact that in that movie, she had to give up her voice. I think, you know, in the movie, it's a, it's a very physical thing, but you know, when you brought this up on your show, I'm like, man, that's such a powerful metaphor for, for, for so much of, of what you have to give up to get to that next level or, or what they, or what they tell you, you have to give up to get to that next level of success or fame. And isn't that the ultimate sacrifice right? To
0: lose your soul or your, your free will. That's the ultimate sacrifice. I can't think of anything more that you could give up other than your life itself to, to get what you want. You know, it's the ultimate form of sacrifice, you know, and, 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 and it's not relegated to that. I mean, they also lose family members in, in suspicious ways and things like that. And and the Nicki Minaj thing is real interesting because I get into her in my next episode too. And, and I, I'm with you. I don't know what to think of that. I really feel like that's a play right now because she is controlled totally. Yes. I mean, she has an altar by the name of Roman that she says is is, is that possesses her. You know, and and so you know anybody that's that's gonna ride that Nicki Minaj train, be careful because it's gonna crash and burn pretty soon, and and you may it may flip on you. You know, I I think that's just a total total thing to get people riled up and think that you know she's gonna go to the White House. She's never going to the White House. They're not letting her on in there. And and which <laughs> what's Biden gonna do anyway? He doesn't even go right. to the White House. He's taking naps.
1: Right. yeah, But but in general, like
0: you like you were saying, though, that that sacrifice and and that's what you start seeing in this is that that dark magic, the magic with a K that is throughout Disney. You know, it's it's in the movies and and it leads to trauma. It leads to sacrifice. And and that's what you know, that's part of their programming. They want you to think that you can do anything if you're willing to do just that one thing. Right. If you're right. willing to give up that one thing,
1: anything's possible. The sky's the limit. Right. Yeah. You know, w- one, one example I always go back to is, uh, is Beauty and the Beast. In and in a few examples from that, you know, the movie Beauty and the Beast, you don't really think about it, but it's, it's kind of about like Stockholm syndrome, right? Because she's physically imprisoned in this castle by this beast character, a, f- a physical beast, but she grows to love him, right? She grows to love her captor she grows to love her slavery right and i think you see that a lot nowadays with, with a lot of people so that's one aspect of and then you know with satanic imagery and whatnot if, if anybody has seen the um and i don't really like to watch these live action remakes of, of the movies because I, I don't know for one i don't know why they're doing it if, uh, if it's just a cash grab honestly but the live action remake of beauty and the beast you know the beast oh. himself is like is like a biblical antichrist beast with like curved horns and everything. And I was watching this on my phone. I'm like, I'm like, look, and I'm like, look at this. And she she gets into some of the stuff I get into, but she's just like, yeah, this they're really going for a certain uh, satanic look with with that with the beast and that in that horns uh, going on there. Well, and I even talked about it with Ryan
0: when I was on the Dangerous World podcast uh, about that because you know, in addition to the the whole Stockholm side of it she's falling in love with a beast she's falling in love with an animal Mm -hmm. and and that in itself is is not not normal or right and and has Mm -hmm. some dark you know inclinations to it so i yeah the beauty and the beast one is is very that that never sat well with me
1: yeah yeah you go through some some notes in the uh in the chat here see what some people are saying here um uh, Fritz Springmeier. Let's see here. Yeah, Operation Paperclip, Monsters, Inc.
0: Yeah, um, and I didn't, and and if anybody that watches my or listens to my podcast, I didn't touch Monsters, Inc. for two reasons. One, I didn't want to get banned right away. I wanted to let the show get past the second episode. <laughs> but uh, uh, on the other side of it, it's it's one where... We'll get to it eventually. I have another another one another episode planned that when I after I get a little more established about Disney and symbolism, um, because the symbolism in Disney, you know, between the Masonic symbols and the occult, uh, some of the dark arts occult symbols that are in Disney, is you know, and 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 with with Monsters Inc, obviously the Adrenochrome connection, um, it's just there's a lot of it. And one of the things you have to remember is when they do animation, it's cell by cell. So everything is strategically planned in place. So if you look at like the rescuers down under at one point they're riding along and in the background is a pinned picture on the wall of a naked woman. Yeah. You know why? Or you look at the cover of the little mermaid and the castle towers look like a giant penis. You know, or, the, or when they're getting married, the, the priest gets a boner. It's like, why why do you need to do that? That's just, it's just perversion.
1: Yeah, what was the other one in um, in Lion King? I think there's like some mist in the air and it says sex. Yeah, the Is dust. Right? Yeah, when the there's dust like settles dust. after Simba puts his paw down, it goes up and it says sex
0: across the sky. Yeah, and uh you know there's some other ones that are rumored like there's one in in Aladdin supposedly where Aladdin says you know good little boys take off their clothes um you know and and there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff that it's 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 not by accident you know especially when you get to that level i mean there's one cartoon where there's uh two mice and one of them is pulling these this pearl beaded string out of his ass like you know like anal beads it's so Whoa. weird like yeah and just over the top and i you know because i started digging into this and listen take what you find out there especially on google and and duck duck go with a grain of salt because there's a lot of doctored images yeah. i mean i i found some of them and then i started i what i do is i i'll, I'll find an image then i'll go check the movie and see if I right. can find that that same picture because some of them they manipulate it to make it look perverted when there's nothing in there. Like Toy Story is a big one. I've seen a lot of fake images that of Toy Story that are put out there. So, but
1: on the other side of it, there are plenty more that are real. Oh yeah, and, and you in know, the luxury they have now is you know with less and less people having you know physical copies of these movies, and most people just accessing it through you know streaming services like Disney Plus they can go in there on any day and edit some of the stuff out. Right. Just like, you know, we've, we've all noticed over the past year, the definitions of, you know, vaccine and herd immunity and all this stuff has changed for when you go to look at it today, it's completely different. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, they could have already gone in there and, and scrubbed it out. So, which, which makes you look doubly crazy when you go to talk to people about this because they're like, well, no, what are you talking about? There's, there's, there's not there. There's not even a priest in that scene anymore. It's a, It's a whale or something, you know. They well, they they, did. They they did edit that that that
0: exact scene with the priest marrying him. He doesn't get the boner anymore.
1: Wow. So yeah,
0: I and I actually I have screenshots and stuff of that, so people can't challenge me on it, you know. And if they do, I'm like, here, this is straight from the movie. Here you go.
1: I still have a lot of the. Um, we we found a bunch of old like VHS tapes. Oh, nice. uh, I'm gonna to have to go through there and, and and pull some videos out just just like you said to to prove to people that this is real, this is not doctored, this is this is le- legit stuff. Um, and you know, one Disney movie that's really interesting to me, talking about you know programming and I think predictive programming for a whole different reason than witchcraft and wizardry, is the is the movie Wall-E from you know like 15 years ago. This, um, if anybody hasn't seen it, you, you, you got to see this. its I, I think it's a pretty good movie, but I, there's so much um, about what's happening right now that they have in this movie. I mean, the, the main premise of this movie is that Earth is uninhabitable. And they're just because of like trash and all this stuff. So you can go into your whole pollution or climate change or, or whatever our argument you want that they're trying to push there. But it's these little robots just going around and like pushing together these little cubes of trash. And there's literally like skyscrapers in the shape of trash. Like it's, it's, it's a crazy thing, but then you look out in space and they have these huge, like, uh, cruise ships. I think, have you seen this movie? Have you seen this? Yeah. Um, there's these huge, like cruise ships out in space because they told everybody like, Hey, you can't live on earth anymore. Um, you have to live out on these huge like cruise ships out in space and out in these ships, It's just people like, everybody's like morbidly obese, right? Like everybody's like, like they're sucking on like, like Coca-Cola or something, just like floating around on these little hover things all day with just like screens in front of their face. And I'm like, my God, if that's not a a pure description of, of what we are now as a society, people that are so, um, well, obviously in America, very, very overweight for one from a physical aspect but just glued to electronic devices on this, on this floating thing where we're being told what to do and this and that. And it's, and it's presented as like uh, a fun, a fun vacation trip. Right. But you're, you're kind of stuck in this isolated thing. I just think that movie has some crazy, crazy symbolism in it. Yeah. It's like a trip to Walmart. You know, you got those <laughs> obese people riding around in the carts
0: with their cell phone pinned to the front, you know, and that's what I think about. Cause that is, it's like a, almost a foreshadowing or predictive programming there that they would get it to this point that yeah people are just obese and they'll they'll just pay attention to the phone, the screen. You know, the screen is the big thing nowadays. And uh and yeah, that one, that one I, I hadn't watched it since it came out. And I think probably about a month ago I decided to watch it again. And I'm like, oh my God, this is blowing my mind. There's no yeah. way this is real. And yep, sure enough, they they predicted
1: it. And it's a post, and it's like a post-apocalyptic Disney movie, right? I don't know that there have been many of those. I mean, there's a sh- shit ton of those post-apocalyptic movies, but as a Disney animated movie, that was really kind of jarring to me. But you know, that whole concept of those people floating around on that thing, um, stuck in space, kind of brings me to the concept of, and we, I, I want to talk about Epcot a little bit, the concept of of Epcot, because this whole floating thing where these people are, you can almost equate it to like. The concept of like a smart city, where you know you you have the you can do this and that, but you really can't leave. But you have all these uh, wonderful um, things you can do and, and whatnot. But you know, kind of the concept of Epcot, this um, exp- what is it? In, uh, Experimental prototype community of tomorrow. I think that's the the acronym, right? where Walt Disney wanted to have this thing planned out. And there's a great image, if anybody wants to go take a look at it, of him with this big map on the wall of, of how this this, uh, this city that he wanted to have looked like. And it was in like a shape of an eye, right? The eyeball. shape of like an I'll see an eye, like of, of course it is. And I'm sure there's some crazy 33s in there. So can you get into a little bit about, about his concept of, of Epcot? And, and when people think of Epcot, we're not talking about like the theme park itself. It's it's this concept of like a city that he wanted to develop, right? Yeah,
0: we're not talking about just that golf ball thing that that you see today, and and that's basically why he started Disney World, right? He already had Disneyland. Disneyland came out in 1955, and uh, he wanted to establish the city of tomorrow, right? That was his whole thing, and that was the future of it. And and I think I can't prove it, but th- I feel like this has is is where that whole Nazi influence comes in, right? that that futuristic, let's push it to the future. And that's why he created Disney World, as I said. It was to be the city of tomorrow and in, right. in this futuristic city where they would show you how we're going to live in the future. and uh, and, you know, you look at things like Magic Kingdom, Space Mountain. There was all these programming tools that they used along the way within this city of tomorrow to get there, um, and and it ties too with the, with science because he had he had deep ties with NASA too. And one of the things that they pushed together was this thing called Science Factual. Wow, that mm-hmm. sounds interesting today, right? Just trust science, believe in science, and that that's where this you know. Other, aside from the Rockefellers and all that, a lot of this stems from Disney and Werner von Braun, who was a staunch Nazi, um, and, and high up in NASA, one of the original guys in NASA, and they actually produced a, three, uh, a three-part series about Science of Tomorrow. And uh, they called it science factual, which I found <laughs> like, oh
1: man, especially looking at right. the way it's just trust science blindly today, and completely while- the opposite of like science fiction, right? Like it's not it's not science fiction anymore. Now it's real. Yes, exactly. And what happened to questioning in science, right? That was the whole I remember
0: when I was a kid in in school, science was about experiments and finding out the answer, not knowing the answer and saying, this is the way it is. There's no other way you can, you know even into and, and most of these things are just theories.'re right. they're not they're, they're not even facts.
1: So even like even like the practice of medicine, right like the, the term practice itself means you never, you never get to a final goal. You're still improving and improving and improving. You never get to that end goal. You n- you never get there. You just continually try to make better and better decisions. It's never, as Hillary Clinton says, the science is never settled. It doesn't. No. It doesn't work that way. If if it worked that day, I saw. If it worked that way, I mean, I saw a great meme. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram. It said, you know, if science, if we, if we trusted all the science in the past, you know, uh, every, uh, women would still be smoking cigarettes during pregnancy. We'd be we'd be, you know, smoking meth to cure a cold, all these crazy things that spraying in the, our over, kids with DDT, spraying our kids with DDT, yeah, all this stuff that was OK. And, you know, quote unquote, safe and effective over the past hundred years is it, not the case. And I obviously think with what's going on right now, we're going to find out in the future that that's that's not the case either. But, yeah, go, go back to your to your point about the about the science thing. Well, what they did is Disney and NASA
0: teamed up to put, put out these these three series. Let me see if I can find the actual names again because uh, uh, they put out three films. The first one was, and, and this is interesting too, because uh, Von Braun w- became the expert on the world of tomorrow, okay? And that's what he called it. So again, you're looking at, they're, they're setting up and trying to, to tell you what the future is going to look like and mm-hmm. and a- ahead of its time so, and he, and he they knew that the age of television was coming around so they created right. these uh three part series one was called man in space which was the first one and they got actually what was it 42 million people to watch this in 1955 so you know wow. even the president called up disney and congratulated him on it and asked him for some copies so that he could show it to other people okay My god and then you dig a little deeper and you get what was the next one they created man in the moon no programming there no uh, you know this was 1955 no foreshadowing there and then the last one was mars and beyond so you know it, it, they laid it all out right there what the plan was for the future right we're going to we're going to tell you that we went to the moon then we're going to tell you we're going to mars and what's interesting is because in von braun's own book that he wrote about Mars, guess what the name of the main character was? Elon. No way. Oh, yeah. Go check that out. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, it's wow. insane. Like, and, and if you don't think that guy's a puppet and wasn't put there on purpose. Yeah, it all fits the script, man. And that's what as you dig into this deeper and deeper into these, you know, quote, unquote, conspiracy theories, you start unraveling these little bits that show you This is all stage. This is the greatest stage ever. And we're just witnessing it. We're and and victims of it, but they have this plan laid out and they just put these actors in place to
1: play the part. Right. And back to your whole NASA point, you know, I I had to pull up the name of it because I forgot what the name of it was, but I have one of those little golden books upstairs for my son. And it's called Mickey mouse and his spaceship from 1952. So not only were they putting the, you know, the uh, quote unquote kind of adult programming out there, they were also running that through the kids as well. And if you if you just Google, you know, Mickey Mouse space, you'll look at um, dozens of images, you know, recently over the past 40, 50, 60 years about Mickey Mouse going to space and and all his friends going to space and all this stuff. And they're really just rubbing it, rubbing it in our in our in our face and programming the kids as well. Oh, and, and it's subliminal,
0: too kyle because if you look at m- most disney movies that go into a kid's bedroom every bedroom will either have a a globe or b a a rocket ship mm-hmm. or some sort of space memorabilia it's always yeah. in the background you know but again that's the subliminal programming just to get it into your head to see oh he's there's a rocket ship in the room there's a space yeah we, we went to space we went to the moon you know all that but yeah that's that's an interesting one because they they push space hard, very hard, and and it's that tie between him and von Braun and between NASA and Disney and the CIA. You know, they're all in
1: bed together, right? And you know, uh, what one last point I want I want to get to before before we sign off here is whew, blow everybody's minds about the possible Epstein slash Disney connection. I mean, this is. This is more. This is one of the most disturbing things I had ever heard, and you, you know, you brought light to it on your on your podcast, and, and I, I almost couldn't believe it, but at the same time, given everything else we've talked about, it kind of makes sense. So, can, can I share said, something, like, Kyle? Yeah, go ahead. You should be able to. All right, let me try. Let me share my uh, let me
0: share my screen here, and this, uh, I got errors. What the heck? allow zoom to share your screen uh okay Uh, let's see I forget about it never mind i'll I'll post it on instagram here or i'll send it to you and you can put it up there but one of the things that i have here on is the disney cruise line okay and what they were offering was a trip to little st james island which just so happens to be Jeffrey Epstein's Island. And they, they pawned it off as you can go, uh, what's it say here? Activity level is moderate. The duration is about three and a half hours. For adults, 10 and up, it was $75. For children, it was $60, ages eight and nine. And then um, what they would do is they would take you off the ship. They would... Bring you over to the island, and you could go snorkeling in the picturesque Turtle Cove, Buck Island, and immerse yourself in an underwater wonderland where you're invited to swim and snorkel amidst a school of sea turtles for approximately one hour. Afterward, make your way to a second snorkel stop, Little St. James Island, where curious fish dart back and forth in the clear blue water and colorful coral formations nestle next to amazing underwater formations. Afterward, enjoy a beverage and a snack before making your way back to St. Ha- Thomas Harbor. Now, <laughs> if that doesn't creep you out knowing what you know about Epstein now, I don't know what will.
1: Yeah, that is, it's 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 so absurd. I mean, there are so many islands and so many places <laughs> that those cruise lines can go to. I mean, I mean come on you you have to you have to either be one oblivious which they're not i mean they're a huge strategic organization or very intentional on what they're doing there
0: well and and it ties back to disney i'm not gonna say has a massive but they have a pedophilia problem their vice president was sentenced to six years in prison for having sex with minors uh there's multiple disney execs rumored to be on the epstein flight log um And, you know, I I can go through a list, but I listed in my show uh, of all the the sexual crimes and and things that happen, not only to Disney kid actors by their agents. And and, and this is another thing. One of the things that I find strange is that on a lot of the Disney productions, the parents are not allowed on set. Whoa. Yeah. It's either it's either the agent or Disney will give them a, a quote unquote handler to deal with them. And I found that extremely disturbing. That they they really pushed against the parents being on set. Which if I'm if I'm a parent, Mike, there's no way my kid's going on there without me being able to
1: watch his every move. Yeah, that is it's it's so it's so nuts. And then you know the the big one, you know, in the kind of the the Marvel universe is you know James Gunn, right? He, uh, uh, you know, there's there's um, there's dark humor. And then there's the, the shit that he was tweeting. I mean, he, they're all deleted now, but anybody go to DuckDuckGo and like look up James Gunn deleted tweets. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. And I don't know how anybody would find any of the things he was saying is, is funny or, 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 or even like dark humor. Like I'm into a lot of dark humor about a lot of stuff, but when you're talking about pedophilia and that stuff in a, in a joking manner, it's in it's, it's, like talking about him personally doing stuff that's that's unacceptable and you know he was you know he was banned i think for a few years but but i think he's temporarily yeah he's temp- temporarily but he's back now and everybody just acts like none of that ever ever happened go to go to twitter or look at any co- look at all the comments of anything he's ever tweeted and you know everybody's just like circle jerking him again like this is the greatest the great the greatest director out there but yeah, and if anybody
0: can't find it, and you do want it, DM me because I have a, a whole file of in of his Instagram posts from back in the day with all all the disgusting stuff. And that's another one I touched on it in the in the episode mentioning him, but I'm not going to go into detail with the you know the posts because they're just disgusting. And yeah, you know that's the thing that that really disturbs me is the amount of kids that were are abused. And now, granted, think about all the employees at Disney, right? There's Last I heard it was over 70,000. So and and when when I say all this, I'm not condemning everyone at Disney. I'm not saying that everyone at Disney is a pervert or a pedophile. What I'm saying, though, is there are, it is a recurring theme. And if it if it was truly about the kids, this would be the last thing that would be permissible in a Disney park. And, and that's another thing. A lot of shady stuff goes on at the Disney park. I mean there's some there's some uh, testimony by security guards of you know people talking about how you know you can't turn your back on your kids there because they will disappear. yeah, at the park at the at the happiest place on earth, supposedly the safest place for kids, right? You would think, but no, more more dark stuff goes on there and more abuse goes on there than than you're led to
1: believe right and you know l- with all the the, the freemasonic ties and this and that you know you you have to understand that a lot of the executives are on they're, they're in the they're in the same club right so that's why you see over and over the same types of people being involved with this it, it's very it, it's a very um, habitual thing that that they're doing and it, and it kind of attracts those kind of people no different than it attracts pedophiles to the cat working in the you know in the catholic church or working in boy scout troops they go where they they are able to hunt and it's it's disgusting but but you know that that's just that that's what they do they they go to where where they can have access you know like you mentioned about about being on the set or being an agent or this and that it's uh it's so it's so crazy it really is. It's disgusting. And, you know, just one more thing. Guess who, uh,
0: guess who met with Biden's staff today to talk about mandates. Oh God. Enforcing the mandate is Disney. They were one of the companies that met with him today to, because he's really pushing those, those, you know, jab mandates hard and we got to get all these companies on board. And it's like, man, I mean, if you're Disney, like you don't look out for yourself or your people, you know, you should be able to stand up for yourself at this point and just tell them to go screw. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Unrelated, unrelated comment from the chat. Um, Rico wanted me to ask you if you figured out that we do not live on a spinning ball. (laughs) I, uh, I, did a, I did a Flat Earth episode a, a few days ago, and I'm still kind of going back and forth on that. That's yeah, I'm in
0: one of those. I saw a good one today. I think I put it out on, uh, on my Instagram, actually, uh, about a guy who, who put it out there. And he said, you know, he thinks that the 2D slash 3D world is a globe. Uh, what was 4D? 4D was, I think, hollow earth. And then 5D was a flat earth. And he's like, depending on what your perception is, is how you're going to see the earth. I am, I am, this is one where I am agnostic. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaning any way right now on any of this because I just don't know enough. I mean, I've heard Flat Earth Dave probably 10, 15 times now, and he brings up great points, but I've heard people on the other side bring up good points too. So, you know, I, and, and honestly, I mean, it makes a difference, but in the end, it doesn't. I mean, it's you got to understand too that the whole heliocentrism started with the Jesuit, it was created by the Jesuits. So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. I trust nothing that comes from them. You know, they've manipulated the Bible, they've manipulated the calendar, they've manipulated what we live on or how our planet moves. And, you know, now the spinning ball thing is is funny because you, you look at the speeds and everything and you're like, come on. Yeah. I don't believe that side of it. You know, I don't believe we're floating through and, and following this and, and the stars just happen to stay right there. No, but do I know what shape the thing is we're on? I don't know. You know, yeah. it could be a ball that a stationary ball, you know, I, I don't know, you know, but
1: yeah, I don't believe the whole spinning ball thing at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when I did the, um, when I did the flat earth breakdown with with Dave, you know, a week or so ago, I, I was looking through the chat, and people, some people were like, "Oh my god, Kyle's not going to buy into this at all. He's too into Star Wars and all this stuff." And like, <laughs> like, well, just, just because I like Star Wars doesn't mean that I think that all these planets and all this globes and all this stuff exists. Like, I, and and you know, from probably listening to my shows, like for me, it's all about like the stories and what's going on. Like, I, I could care less about it taking place in the galaxy far, far away. Th- these stories could have happened you know in the old west right on a on a train or like on horseback or and who's to
0: say and and you bring up a good one the old west that's a that's a fairy tale in itself you know and and as i go in i'm I'm hoping to do an episode on that eventually how the whole story of the old west is
1: just it's it's a story it's that's not the way it was so yeah i'm 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 interested to hear that because that's a Very interesting, very interesting topic to me that, you know, we, you know, like we've been talking about, you're presented with it in a certain way in movies and cinema and culture, but was it really, was it really that way? What's the real, what's the real story there? Yeah. You start looking at it deep into the 1800s and there
0: was a lot of shady stuff that happened then. And, and, and that's really where our, you know, history, so to speak, his story, not our story changed. Right. And uh, the more I dig into it, and that's where I'm, I'm stuck on it right now, man, I'm, I keep bouncing around different topics, because I got, you know, people asking me about Tartaria and all this stuff. But really, what got me into it was the world expos, you start looking yeah. into the world's fairs. And there's a lot of shady stuff that happened there. And, and the stories just don't make sense. You know, they're talking about building out these, you know, I, I, 700 800 acres with with 15 16 massive buildings that we couldn't build one of them and they, they built all of them in less than two years
1: yeah in in that i kind of um think very similarly to the whole you know going to space thing because with the world's fair stuff basically right they demolished everything after it ended right and the, and the same thing with um you know i know you had mentioned a lot of people mentioned before about the whole going to space thing they said oh well you know what we lost that technology yeah. we can't do that anymore like come on give give me a Give me a better answer than that. That's that's some horse shit right there. Oh, that that's the funniest thing. And you look at the equipment they
0: went there with. Come on, man. How are you uh, how is the moon ro- rover made of aluminum foil? Get at in right. a deep chassis. And uh, like they're like,
1: they're like Playtex like like uniforms and stuff that wouldn't yeah. survive well, anything.
0: The funny thing about that is is that you know how, they, well, they, they claim to go to, to space. So in order to get up there, you have to go through the Van Allen belt, which is supposedly the most radioactive thing out there. Well, so if they made it out there in those suits, well, when Chernobyl happened in Russia, supposedly the Russians or, you know, someone came to NASA, one of the astronauts and said, well, why don't you guys donate your uniforms to them since you made it through the Van Allen belt? Shouldn't that help them with the cleanup in Chernobyl? And he's like, no, I, I don't think that would work. It's like, well, wait a second. You just made it through the most radioactive place in, in, in the universe, but yet you're, you, now it doesn't work on Earth? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, story is fine. like Swiss cheese, man. There's so yeah. many
1: holes in it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's so ridiculous. Um, uh, so, okay. So I got to throw, you know, some obligatory Star Wars content in here. Oh, I, I just love because- and and by the way,
0: I have to give you credit because your podcast is so damn entertaining. A, because the uh, Star Wars is a, is one of my favorites, but the way you tie it in to today is is brilliant, man. And, well, I, and I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, I, really, I really, I really love your little ten minute videos and things that you put out there. They really you know, those make my day and get me thinking, man, like I said, I, I DM'd you the other day about the droids one you just and clones that you just put out. And that still has my
1: head spin. And I'm like, damn, man, how did they know this, man? Like, I'm I'm telling you, like, and and I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth about, you know, George Lucas himself as a person, like, you know, maybe we'll have to do a deep dive on him into the future. Because, you know, you, you kind of think of him in the same vein of like, you know, a uh, uh, Walt Disney, right? Someone who created this, like, huge empire but like you know what what's his really you know i know i know some about his backstory and stuff but like he knows he seems to know so much about about this world right like i think with the prequels and stuff you know that i talk about all the time it's like it's like he knew too much about how politics and stuff really worked like that i think people were really uncomfortable with that which is why he really wasn't he wasn't always really widely accepted in hollywood because uh, i think he uh you know, and he broke the the mold at the very beginning when he's when he stopped having those stupid credits at the beginning. Um, it's kind of a silly thing, you know, that you, all those movies used to have the credits at the beginning. And he said, yep. "No, no, screw that." But I think just just the fact that he um, told us basically how to create a totalitarian government, and like you see that happening uh, all the time. And, and I, dude, I definitely I appreciate all your all your your kind words. Like you've been a huge you've been a huge supporter of mine. I really appreciate. You know all, all the kind words you've said about about the show, and you know it's it's things like that that, that keep me going and doing it. Because like you said, you know a few episodes in, like it, it's a grind, right? Like yeah. it's you know especially you know with you know me and you, we both have kids, and it's like jobs and stuff, and it's like trying to find time to do all this stuff on top of everything else. It's it, it's a grind. It's really a grind. But at the same time, it's I and mean, like you said, it, it's great to be able to put put our voices out there because we we all have a different take. We all have a different point of view about all this kind of stuff. And it's all complimentary, right? None of us are, um, that's what I really love about this podcast community. None of us are out to one-up each other. We all compliment each other um, and also compliment each other. Both, both, both senses of the term uh, compliment. Um, we, we all are interested in what all of, all of us are doing and, and all have something to add and provide. So, dude, I'm definitely really interested in, in hearing more of your um, of your podcast going forward but I, I would just ask you as far as star wars goes who would you say is your favorite character and what is your favorite movie Ooh. it's a tough
0: would, one my favorite movie by far is return of the jedi uh favorite character that's a tough one uh man there's so forward. many I was always a skywalker guy i mean growing up as kids we were deep into star wars we dug a pit in the backyard just like the pit in 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 java where they were going to throw uh you know luke and han into and or luke into and and i was like oh man i would have i would have to say it's probably it's got to be luke i guess uh from then but then you know you get into some of the newer movies and it starts to change a little bit you know i i i really the more at first i was really put off by you know the original three that they came back uh, no not, not the original but one two and three um but then the more i watch it like clone wars and things like that i get into it now because it's so much deeper you know, yeah. you get past the initial I because I was mad, you know, it wasn't the same as the, you know, the what I felt the originals were. And, and they had a different feel to them. And then when they threw Jar Jar Binks in there, I was like, oh, come on, guys, you got to do this. You have to throw the useful idiot in there. It's like C-3PO wasn't bad enough. Right. But, you know, I, 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 now that I mentioned that, it would, my my favorite character would boil between that. And I mean, I always loved the Ewoks. They always had a special place in my heart. I love that village they had set up there. And, you know, the way they messed with all the all the ships and everything that the the uh, stormtroopers brought in. I, I, I well, gave them credit for for resisting with very yeah. little tools. And, and, very, and there's kind of some symbolism there, too. Right. Yes. Natives. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, I, I start tying that to. That goes back to where I think America was. You know, America was habit inhabited by these natives, and then the dark force came in and and tried to blow it up, Mm -hmm. and you know, and they did successfully for the most part because the natives are
1: now essentially in their own little camps, right? And you can kind of think of it in in a bunch of ways. You know, like the in in the the Star Wars universe, yeah, exactly what you mentioned is that um, a lot of the kind of I guess indigenous tribes like. The Ewoks and even like the Naboo, like the Gungan species, whenever they were always very all natural, like even like reading some of the novels about like um, the Gungans, like Jar Jar species, they had all these crazy devices, but it was all made from natural elements and stuff. And they're always going up against the huge um, machine, like war machine. Right. And they both found ways to to defeat that. And, you know, even, you know, what you mentioned about kind of like the Native Americans, how we push them across the, the the country you know into these camps basically think about a movie like um like poltergeist where the whole point of that movie is that you know we basically tread over and basically pissed on these people's grave literally in building houses over where they um you know had you know centuries and centuries of you know burials and rituals and all this stuff and that comes back to bite you in in mm-hmm. the end You can't just cover up that kind of stuff. You can't push that stuff to the side for your new world that you want. It it definitely um, comes back to bite you. And yeah, the Ewok thing is definitely a huge, huge, huge thing and it it goes to, like you said, kind of um, fighting against bigger odds. It's, you know, the emperor, he was so arrogant. He didn't think that these little, little creatures would have even had a chance, but you know, everybody banding together you know uh, is able to in very very applicable today people banding together um uh, under a, a common cause to fight against this you know um big machine is definitely a big powerful statement yeah for sure so um thank you so much matt for coming on um can you give every, let everybody know where they can find you where they can find your podcast and kind of what you have coming up soon
0: yeah, you can find my podcast on all the uh, the the regular ones: Anchor, uh, Apple, Spotify. Uh, I threw the first couple out on Podbean, but I won't be on there very much longer. Um, but then you can also find me on Instagram at the Great Deception Podcast, uh, and I'm ho- I'm going to start building that up with some more posts now. I'm just getting that going, uh, and I got you know I have a, like I said mentioned before I have a, a mind control and how it ties into Disney um, Disney actors and, uh, and entertainment industry coming up. Uh, I'll be releasing that on Sunday night. And then I'm going to start getting into some interviews uh, too. I haven't, haven't really done too many of those. But I also, I, I, like we talked about earlier, also I am stuck on the World's Fairs right now. So I'm going to definitely be doing a few shows on that. Um, probably some video more so too, because you, you got to see it to believe it um but you know thank you so much for having me on kyle this was great man and uh and i would love to have you on my show sometime and and we'll shoot the breeze on on some more i can't
1: get enough of the star wars talk man (laughs) i'm it brings me back to my glory days (laughs) i i definitely appreciate that you know sometimes i think about branching off or stopping and doing something else but like there's just so much every time i think i'm done with it like I, i think about something else I'm like my god there's a whole nother Rabbit hole to go down because you know, like you mentioned, there's there's so many. It's so applicable to everything. So and it's such uh, a unique niche. You
0: know, you have yeah. you have your you're the Star Wars guy, dude. And unfortunately, right now I'm the Disney guy, and I I'm like <laughs> I gotta break that mold because I can't be the Disney guy forever. And Even Ryan said that when he I did I think it was like the third time it was with him. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm as a Disney guy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not the Disney guy. No, I don't want to be the Disney guy. But unfortunately, <laughs> hey, I'll take it right now. Uh, yeah but you know, it is what it is. But uh, again, man, I, I, I really respect what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. And, uh,
1: and, and thank you for having me on, man. This has been great. Absolutely. So I want to thank everybody who has, um, tuned in to the, um, to the live chat a lot of great, a lot of great comments and stuff in here. Thank you everybody so much for, for participating and, and hanging out with us. It really, it really means a lot that we're all able to kind of do this, do this together. And, and thank you to everybody listening to the podcast after the fact. Definitely go check out check out Matt's work. He's got a lot of great stuff coming up. So, for for Matt, this is Conspiracy Kyle, and may the force be with you. Figure if, if I can figure out how to end this here. Hold on. Stop live stream. Let me stop the recording here.